one semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's go to court. On this episode, I'll talk about the divorces of Kim Kardashian. Mm, And I'll be talking about a man who really didn't want to get divorced. Oh, no. Did he kill the woman instead? Oh, did he? Oh, no. Hey, mine is much more upbeat. So this is an episode that was voted on by the The people. Oh, I was about to say the patrons. Well, it is the patrons. I was going to then say who the people were. Okay, well, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Brandy, who are these people you speak of? These people are the patrons. These are our supporters on Patreon, and we had them vote on this episode's topic. They got to choose from divorces or custody battles, and divorces won by a landslide, and I'm so glad it did, because custody battles would have been very sad. My mom was very upset. She was like, I I just want you to know, I really don't want custody battles to win. I was like, don't worry, mom. Like <laughs> Nobody no else did. <laughs> nobody wants to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so we are bringing you two famous Divorce cases. Although yours, well, yours is not quite famous. You yeah, say. no, uh, my it, there is a divorce involved in mine, but in true brandy fashion, I, you know, I had to mix it up a little bit. Okay, well, in true Kristen fashion, I followed the rules. <laughs> That's so us. I know. I'm like, yes, technically, I follow the rules, but you know, I didn't do it my own way. No, and I was very nervous the whole time, yes. just making sure I was covering the exact right thing. If you are wondering how you can vote on a future episode, all you have to do is become a patron. Head on over to patreon.com slash LGTC podcast and join up at any level to get to vote on a future episode. We actually have one that's up now. The one that's up now is old-timey cases versus ongoing cases. Let us know what you want to hear. To vote, it's just you're at the $2 monthly level. If you want to hear bonus episodes and vote and join the Discord, that's $5. If you want to go, just balls to the wall. Balls as Kristen to the wall. Loves to say, I, I was trying to think of a new way to say it. <laughs> but that's how you always that's say it. Was, if you want to go to balls to the wall, and we know you do, yeah, you go seven dollars a month. You get all the things we just mentioned, plus a let's go to court sticker, our little autographs. You get an induction into the actual Supreme Court. And I hope you have a legal background because you'll be called that's on to a, make some important decisions. Yes, regularly. <laughs> all right. Let's jump on into Divorce Week here at LGTC Podcast. Okay, as mentioned, um, mine is not a divorce case as you... Well, what the hell? As you would, um, (laughs) as you may have expected, but I promise a divorce is involved, and I promise that you will be on the edge of your seat. Okay. Um, And right off the bat, a bunch of this information comes from this really amazing article um, in the Willamette Week, Hmm. which... um, I'm not even going to tell you what it is because I tell you what it is in the in the story. Okay. But the article is by Beth Slavic. Okay. Mike Kuhnhausen looked through the personal ads in the Willamette Week. This was a Portland, Oregon alternative newsly nope, <laughs> weekly newspaper. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm thinking the pit like the pitch that yeah, we have yeah. here in Kansas City. So like uh just like an not your regular newspaper, but it had a personals section which it's 1988 at this mm-hmm. time and was apparently some kind of like pre-smartphone tender. Yeah. People put profiles about themselves in there, whatever. So Mike's skimming through the ads and he was looking for something that stood out. And there it was. It was a personal ad entitled Someone Different. Mike's interest was piqued. The ad continued. 
single white female. S W M. Yeah. They always had acronyms. Do you remember these? Yeah. 33. Overweight, but not over life. Okay. But I thought it was always BBW, right? No, I think, I don't know. Maybe she Wait, is BBW Big Black beautiful? I don't know. (laughs) I think. (laughs) I'm looking it up. Big Beautiful Woman? Yeah, yeah. Big Beautiful Woman. BBW is Big Beautiful Woman. Yeah. Well, maybe she didn't want to call herself that. I'm, she's actually she, they pay by the letter so I'm just, I'm just saying, trying to save her I'm money just saying that she talks a lot about her personality in this in this ad not much about her looks okay <laughs> oh you're saying maybe she, she didn't want to oversell it okay okay <laughs> gotcha gotcha so she said overweight but not over life seeking single male who wants more out of a relationship than just slender active healthcare professional enjoys exploring the Pacific Northwest interested in conversation and good times with someone who's intelligent, thoughtful and full of humor must be emotionally and fiscally mature. If you are seeking a bright, funny lady who is adventurous enough to advertise, then please reply. I really like that. I know. I mean, it's a really good ad. It's a great ad. Yeah. I want to be her friend. I know. And Mike wasted no time. Hi, different. My name is Mike. I'm a 39-year-old divorced white male. DWM. Was that an actual acronym? Uh Oh, okay. I enjoy most things in nature, from wandering the ape caves at Mount St. Helens to walking on the beach at sunset. It was January 30th, 1988, when Mike learned who different was. Her name was Susan Walters, and her mother and friend had gone in together to pay for her personal ad. Mike and Susan talked on the phone for the first time that day, and things clicked right away. May I just say? Yeah. I'm not getting the same good vibes off of his little ad. You aren't. Because the things he described, walking on the beach and exploring a bat cave. Some caves. I don't know. (laughs) That seems like the kind of... Thing that sounds good, but then no one actually does, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, but the fir- from the first phone call, things clicked. They had a great rapport with each other. And over the next couple of weeks, they racked up hours on the phone talking about everything they wanted out of life. Susan estimated that they spent over 100 hours on the phone before they ever met in person. Over how many weeks? Only a couple of weeks. Good Lord, people. Yeah. Okay. What year was this? 1988. Okay. So yeah, phone. That was the only way for them to communicate. I understand, but still. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, Susan agreed to meet Mike for their first date because she was impressed by him. He didn't hold back on the deep conversations and she thought he had a nice voice. So in February of 1988, they met. At Crystal Springs Rhododendron Garden, somewhere near Portland, where they walked and talked. They fed the ducks and squirrels. The connection they'd had on the phone was very real in person. And within the year, December 10th, to be exact, the couple drove to Reno and they were married. No, wait. How long had they been together? So they had their first date in February, married in December. Kristen, you don't like it? I'm trying to be less judgmental. So <laughs> you think that's too quick? They're both in an advanced stage of their life. 
I think that's he's even, 38. She's 33. I think that's even more reason to be cautious. Really? I think it's so common. I no, I agree that it's common. <laughs> I just don't I don't think it makes sense though. I'm sorry, I still have I'm 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 doing better than last week. Still got a little something happening. But this is the divorce episode, so we know things did not go happily ever after for Mike and Susan. Yeah, I don't know why I'm acting like I'm a smart psychic or something. <laughs> Susan recalled that within the first year of their marriage, things changed. They didn't go on the hikes and adventures that they had when mm-hmm. they were dating. Tried to tell you, Susan. And, and Susan learned more about Mike's background. He had a pretty rough life. He'd been adopted, and while he'd been loved by his adopted parents, he'd always questioned his origins. He'd seen combat in Vietnam. Maybe. Oh. Records show that he was a switchboard operator, oh, but okay. he often complained to Susan about how he'd been in the shit. Oh, that's really lame. Mm, yeah. Within the first few years of their marriage, Mike revealed to Susan that he didn't know if there was a time in his life that he'd ever been happy. This made Susan unbelievably sad for Mike. But it also started to make her wonder if he was actually capable of complex emotions like joy and love. Hmm. Finally, 17 years into their marriage, Susan decided she'd had enough. Oh, They'd never had kids, uh-huh. which Susan was fine with. Yeah. It wasn't something that she really ever expected out of her life. But she'd spent 16 years dealing with Mike's shitty life philosophy that, and this is a quote, life is a shit sandwich and every day you take another bite oh, until you die. I hate people like that. I do too. I have encountered people yes, like that. Yes. It's the Cannot worst. Stand it. Is the Cannot worst. stand yeah. it. So she, you and I are not like we that are not like that at all. We are such crazy optimists. <laughs> Can you imagine eating a legit shit sandwich? Shit sandwich? And I cannot. No. Well, see, I'm I'm trying to picture it, and then I'm like, how could someone really compare their life to that? Yeah, like a shit panini. Like a shit panini. It'd be fine for you if it was in panini form. Yeah. What if it was grilled? <laughs> what if well? no? What if you were promised a shit panini and then they brought you out a shit sandwich? A shit sandwich. <laughs> You're really disappointed. <laughs> Wait, this is you, not what I ordered. Have you told this story on the podcast? Well, I'll save so. it for later. You guys can keep going. Norman. It's in great right here. Norman, we... Tell us the panini story, I, I know we scared you with that review that said we go on too many tangents. We do not give a Why, fuck. Don't give a fuck. Tell us yeah. the panini story. We went to a local Kansas City restaurant. Should I, should I go ahead and name them? No. A call out? No, no need, no need Why to. Why not? Well, because this podcast is just getting bigger by the day and I <laughs> No, I feel like if you if we didn't say it to someone's face at the restaurant, I don't want to say it behind their back on on the podcast. Fair enough. We went to this restaurant for brunch, and they had a breakfast panini on the menu. A very nice place. Very nice breakfast. restaurant. Yes. Nice yeah. restaurant. Breakfast panini had like eggs, bacon, a uh, bunch of good stuff on cheese. it. Cheese. Was there cheese. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh man, that sounds good. I love paninis, by the way. Um, well, I get it. The bread is not grilled in any way. It is soggy. This thing resembled a panini in no way. This is not a panini. Yeah. It's a good thing you don't carry a gun because you were so so upset that a restaurant would advertise a panini and give me Mm. a a sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. 
so upset. And they could have made the argument. Well, they couldn't <laughs> yeah, have made this argument. I was going to say, he's one not argument, wanting to finish this One story. argument they could have made was, well, panini in Italian literally translates to sandwich. But yeah, this was but not an Italian restaurant. No, and one. they expected... And two, in the United States, when you say a panini... You're a gr- it's a grilled, <laughs> smushed sandwich. Yes, this yes. was not it. So I was very upset, and I was like, okay, when the waiter asks... When he comes and asks, how was your meal? I'm going to say something. He never asked us, how was the meal? Maybe he yeah, knew. That's like the standard thing. So how is everything? I think he could he, see on your face. Yeah. Maybe he and he was, was like, ashamed. I'm not getting into that. He, yeah. was a, he was ashamed of what he brought me. Yeah. How did you? I so, saw a single tear. Okay. Down so cheek. you did not get to air your grievances to that waiter. So what did I you didn't. do? We'll just never go back there again. No, no. no, no. What, what did, did you do? Did you take? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, one, we will never go there again. And two, I went on Amazon immediately and bought myself a panini press. And I use it at least once a week. Yes. And I love it. I am still waiting for my peanut butter and jelly panini. We're going to do peanut butter and jelly paninis. I think that sounds amazing. I think I would definitely like to try it. (laughs) Anyway, that's my panini story. Excellent. Okay. So it's 17 years in this marriage and Susan finally has come to terms that like she's not happy. She's never going to be able to make Mike happy. And it's not her responsibility to make him happy. And so in September of 2005, she kicked him out. He went um, and moved in with his parents and Susan went about taking control of her life, like taking her life back over and finding a way back to her own happiness Mm -hmm. over the next year or so mike and susan stayed in regular contact they were friendly with each other and saw each other somewhat regularly mike would come over and feed susan's cats because she worked long hours as an emergency room nurse and so he would just he moved out of the house but she never changed the locks she never changed her alarm code and so he could right. come and she go. She wasn't afraid of him. No. She just wanted to be done. Yeah. Okay. And so he could come and go. He could feed the cats when she needed him to and everything. And they and they were cordial. But over that same time, Susan rejected Mike's multiple attempts at reconciliation. Mm-hmm. He was like, please, let me move back in. Let's just get back together. And, and Susan said no every time. She was sure that that's not what she wanted. In fact, Susan wanted to move forward with a divorce. Susan was so sure that she was ready to move forward and make the separation official that she removed Mike as the beneficiary on her life insurance policy. Wow. Yeah. She changed it to her brother. This move by Susan, unbeknownst to her, would set Mike on a path to avoid divorce at all costs that would finally come to a head on September 6th, 2006. On that evening, it was a Wednesday. Um, Susan's like 51, I think, at this point. Uh, she ended her shift in the emergency room at the at the hospital. She decided she was going to stop at a little hair salon in Portland and get herself a haircut mm-hmm. on the way home. She sits down in the waiting room, waits her turn, picks up a copy of Oprah magazine, is just kind of flipping through it. And she read a quote that really stuck out to her. It said, I will not die an unlived life. I will not live in fear. And she was like, mm-hmm. wow, that really like struck a chord with her and was like an unlived life. Yeah, I'm not going to live an unlived life. Yeah. 
she, it was her turn. She got her hair cut, you know, just a little trimmy trim Mm -hmm. and then set off for home. It was like an hour, an hour had gone by by the time she got home um, to her little, her little Cape Cod style home with the picket fence inside. Just exactly what I imagined, like a little port home in Portland looks like. Like super adorable. Yes, exactly. She walked in through the back door of her house, heard her alarm, you know, chirp and start to beep to be disarmed. She disarmed the alarm and then she saw a note from Mike. She had asked him um, if he could house sit the next couple of days for her because she was going to be working at the hospital. Um, asked if he could come over and feed the cats. And there was a note from Mike that said, Sue, haven't been sleeping, had to get away, went to the beach. I'll see you on Friday or Saturday. So that was like his way of saying, no, I'm not going to be able to feed the cats. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, um, you know, whatever. Um, she disarmed the alarm and then went back outside to go get the mail. She's like standing in her yard, flipping through the mail. It's like 630 in the evening. It's beautiful outside. It's this great September day. She goes back in the house, kicks off her Birkenstock. She's still got her scrubs on. And then she like walks through the kitchen and then stands and she looks down the hallway to where her bedroom is. And she noticed it's very dark. And every morning she opens the curtains in her bedroom. Oh, and so it leaves it, lets in mm-hmm. a bunch of natural light. And the light isn't coming in. She's like, did I forget to open those curtains this morning? There's no way I forgot to open those curtains this morning. And then out of the darkness. No. Came a man. No, 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 no. It was a a stranger. This five foot nine man. He was wearing like khakis and a striped shirt he had a ponytail and a baseball hat on but it was pulled the hat was pulled down low to as kind of to disguise his face or cover mm-hmm. his face mm-hmm. and then he had on like yellow cleaning gloves oh shit and he carried a hammer oh oh fuck and susan just felt the panic well up in her the man came at her And as I mentioned, Susan was an emergency room nurse. She had had tons of training and years of experience in dealing with people who were on drugs, dealing with all kinds of people. She, from her experience, she knew that she needed to stay as close to this man as possible. Really? Crowd him because then he wouldn't be able to hit her as hard with the hammer. Wow. Yeah. Man, talk about not your natural instinct. No Holy kidding. Holy crap, I would have so gotten myself exactly killed in no time. exactly what she did. She pressed her body up directly to him. He, um... It's very, sorry to... Yeah, you know, no, go It's ahead. very similar in boxing. Yeah. When they're trading blows and, like, a boxer will hug the yeah. other boxer. It's I've too, always wondered why they did yes, this. Yes, <laughs> it's because you, they cannot hit you they as can't hard. They you. That is brilliant. Yes. Okay, yes. So she immediately, she presses her body up to him. She's five foot four. He's five foot nine. Oh, boy. But he's fairly lanky. He weighed like maybe 180, 190 pounds. And she is a heavy set woman. She outweighed him, but was much shorter than him. So right. she's like, I'm going to have to use my weight to my advantage sure. here. And so she crowds him and he pulls the hammer up and he lands a blow to her left temple oh god she screamed in his face as loud as she could who are you what do you want and he's like it's a murder for hire no No. he didn't say he (laughs) didn't say anything of course he didn't say but he also didn't stop Mm. um 
she knew she needed to get him to the ground. Right. That that was where she stood the best chance of being able to fight him is if she could get him to the ground and get on top of him. God, she's so smart. She's so smart. Yes. So she ends up like shoving his body up against a wall and they're in her bedroom at this point. Yeah. And so she's like got her body up against him um, and he doesn't fall to the ground. He instead like pushes back against her. And so they're like, you know, kind of going back and forth against this wall. Right. And then he spoke the only words he spoke during this entire event. He said, you're strong. (laughs) In that, hearing that, Susan said it just like sent this wave of adrenaline through her. She said she knew in that moment he was there to kill her. Yes. In that she had to do whatever she could to make sure he wasn't successful. You know, that's a really good point. Because yeah. if someone was just robbing the place, yeah. which why would they have a hammer and exactly. gloves on? But if they were just, if they didn't have murder on their mind, they wouldn't be fighting you mm-hmm. that hard. Yeah. So she's pushing him. They're having this like, they're, I mean, their bodies are right up against each other. They're having yes. this like weird, you know, mashed together fight. He's trying to get swings off the hammer. Yeah. She's keeping him from being able to do that. And she just keeps saying, who sent you here? Who sent you here? And he won't respond. She somehow managed to get the hammer from him. Yes. And she swung it. And she hit him three times, maybe four, with the claw side. Woo. She yeah. meant business. Yes. She meant business. Yes. And then she made contact with his skull. Like she Whoa. wasn't she wasn't holding back at well, all. No, you're not fucking around at no, that point. No, you're not. Um Somehow he got the hammer back from her. Oh, Jesus. So she grabbed him by the throat with her hands. And she yelled again, who sent you here? And so she's got her hands around his throat and he starts to turn purple. Oh, my God. Like turns purple and then blue. And so at this point, Susan's like, this might be my chance. This might be like he might if I let go, maybe he will pause and catch his breath and I can get away. Right. And so she lets go and she runs to flee. Yes. And she thought, you know, this this is my opportunity. But she got to the hallway and the man was there immediately behind her. She he like grabbed her and spun her in the hallway. And this is a super narrow hallway. We're sure. talking about this really small little cottage, right? Narrow hallway. The two like he spins her around. He punches her in the face. Her her lip splits open. She's bleeding everywhere. She falls to the floor. She looks up, and there is this man just standing over her with this hammer, and he's oh. about to just start pummeling her. Yeah, she said. In that moment, she was like, this is it. This is how I die. I am going to die right here today. And then something inside of her was like, nope, I'm not. I have to get that hammer. I have to get him on the floor. And so she did. She somehow started fighting and got him to the floor and started biting him. Whoa. She just starts biting him. She's like, if he kills me. Yeah, my dental records. bite marks will tie him to my murder. Which is a very 80s thing to think. It like, is. So she's biting all over him. She bites his arm. She bites his thigh. She bites him like in the back of the leg. She bites him in his crotch. <gasps> she bites through his clothing to his genitals. Get him. Get him. Yeah. He, 
she like feels into his pocket. She's like feeling for a wallet, something that she can throw back into the bedroom. Yeah. So that he, if he tries to flee the scene, he will leave behind some kind of ID. Oh, God. She, she was, just, was a true crime oh my freak. Gosh. She, she was loved it. Just yes. going for anything. Sorry, I should clarify. When I say she loved it, not she loved this. I mean, she loved true, true crime. crime. She knew what to do. Yes. She, exactly. She had now been fighting this stranger for 14 minutes. Oh. She had been fighting for her life. Somehow she gets him onto the ground where they're both kind of just like wedged on the floor Mm -hmm. in this narrow hallway. She throws her leg over his body and climbs up on top of him and like hooks her arm around his neck and starts choking him. Yep. And she is he's bleeding fucking everywhere because she's landed so many hits with that hammer. Right. Um, And she screams in his face. Tell me who sent you here and I will call you a fucking ambulance. Mm. He didn't say anything. He growled at her. Ew, what? So she put more pressure on him and she just locked her arm in around his throat until he stopped moving. Then she stood up, grabbed the hammer and ran to the next door neighbor's house. Oh my God. Can you imagine being that neighbor? No. So, Holy crap. Yeah. So they get next door. She gets next door to the neighbors and the neighbor calls 911. And this is some snippets from the 911 right, call. Right. So the neighbor calls and she says, we have an intruder in the house next door. The intruder was in the bedroom with a hammer. The woman who lives there thinks she may have strangled him. He was down when she left. And the dispatcher's like, can you put her on the phone? And, <laughs> and the neighbor's like, no, she's bleeding. And so, and the dispatcher's like, does she need an ambulance? And the neighbor's like, no, she's a nurse. She's fine. She says, call an ambulance for the guy. He may be dead. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, no, 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 she's fine. But that other guy's probably dead. And so the dispatcher's like, what did she use on him? She strangled him. What else did she do? And the neighbor's like, she put a chokehold on him. And the dispatcher's like, okay, I've, I've got help on the way. Stay on the line. Um, and the neighbor talks to the dispatcher. And she's like, she has a hammer here. And the dispatcher's like, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Just leave it there. Yeah. And the neighbor's like, well, she hit him in the head with it several times. That's the hammer he had with him. She struck him. She strangled him. And she thinks he's dead. And the dispatcher goes, okay, was he by himself? And so the neighbor, you can hear on the 911 call, the neighbor's like checking with right. Susan. She's like, did she have anybody with him? And she's like, no, um, but she thinks maybe it was her ex-partner who sent this person. Mm-hmm. And the dispatcher's like, okay, have there been problems with the, um, is it the ex-husband? And she said, ex-partner, she did talk to Mike um, and asked him to house sit for the cats. And he said he couldn't do it. He was on his way to the beach or something. He left a note. He knows the alarm code. And the dispatcher's like, okay, that's good information to pass on to the officers. So police officers arrive on the scene, um, paramedics arrive on the scene, and the attacker is dead. She killed him. Oh, my. Yeah. She fought him to death. Okay, I don't feel great about laughing at him. But what was her choice? Yeah, I don't It was her or him that day. Yeah. 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 Yeah, F that guy. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Police did find his wallet. He had it on him. And his ID 
identified him as Ed Haffey. He was a 59-year-old Vietnam vet, and he had a long rap sheet, including a case from... Um, I'm trying to figure, uh, from 1991, where he had arranged the murder of his ex-girlfriend. Oh. Yeah. He he somehow arranged the murder, and I don't know the details on that, but he ended up pleading guilty to conspiracy to commit murder. Uh So he had hired a hitman or something like that. And he was sentenced to nine years in prison. Lord almighty. I do not understand that. No, that's insane. Yeah. He had been released in November of 2003. He'd moved to Portland because those charges had happened somewhere in a different part of Oregon, I believe. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because he had spent wrote near Roseburg, Oregon. I'm sorry, I did not bother to look that up and see where that was. I apologize. But after he was released from the from an Eastern Oregon correctional facility, he moved to Portland and he needed a job. And he landed one cleaning floors at um, Fantasy Adult Video. Ew! Oh no! That <laughs> seems like the worst the place floor. to clean a floor. I know, right? Oh no! Um, and the supervisor who had hired him at Fantasy Adult Video was one Michael Kuhnhausen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, "Oh, that's interesting, huh?" Susan's Susan's estranged ex-husband was your boss? That's weird. What a crazy what coincidence. What a crazy coincidence, yeah. So they're like, okay, great. Like, they make that connection almost immediately. Yeah. But they don't have anything, like, showing, you know, that they had They don't have a receipt for murder right, for hire. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, like... Two days after the murder, Susan has a friend come with her to her house to, like, pack up some stuff so she can go stay somewhere for a little while. Right. And they're, like, going through the house and kind of seeing, because the police have, like, totally, you know, torn this place apart and everything. And so they're going through the house and they go down to the basement. And, like, her basement was used as a storage area and, like, the police had said it was pretty cluttered and they didn't really know, like... Yeah. Yeah, what what belonged there and what didn't. And they go down to the basement and there's this backpack in the basement. And Susan immediately is like, whoa, that's not, that's my, not backpack. my backpack. Yep. And so they call the police. The police come out and get it. And it's it's this Ed Ed guy's backpack. It's got like his all of his stuff in it. And um, it has a, a container of Hershey syrup. <laughs> $200 in cash. I know. Why? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Inside the backpack was a container of Hershey syrup. At least use Nesquik. $200 in cash. Diabetes pills. Um, What's a diabetes pill? Diabetes pills. So, I don't know. Like, I believe you can... There's take, like a pill you can take, you can take, you can take like insulin. metformin and stuff like that that are supposed to regulate your blood sugar yeah. without having to take. I, I'm not a doctor, but if you have to have diabetes, <laughs> you probably pills. shouldn't be having carrying around Hershey syrup. <laughs> well, maybe it's for sexy times, Kristen. You know, could be. He does work at Fantasy Adult Video. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, if you clean the floor there, probably going and killing somebody seems like a not, not quite so nasty job, right? Right. Ugh. And then he has a day book inside, like a like a planner. Are inside you of it. kidding me? Does it say go kill someone on September fourth? No. So two days before the attack no. on Susan is a note that says call Mike, hmm. and then it has Mike's brand new cell phone number <laughs> under it. Uh huh. Yeah. 
So police are like, great, let's track down Mike. And so they go and they track down Mike. And wouldn't you know it, Mike has a perfect alibi. He had driven out to the coast. He had checked into a hotel with a credit card. Well, yeah, I mean, he wrote that note. He kept receipts all along the way. Did he have like a (laughs) file cabinet filled with receipts? (laughs) Yeah. And then... When they are finally able to track him out, so they, so they do, like, they track all of that stuff through his financial records. Sure. Finally, they track him to purchasing a gun. What? Yeah, he purchased a gun, like, the night of the attack in Portland. Was he going to kill himself after mm-hmm. he got word that she was dead? Because uh, two days after, okay, two days after the attack on September 8th, he left a suicide note at his parents' house that said, all I ever wanted was to be loved. And every time I had it, I fucked it up. Oh, wah, wah, right. wah. And then he had, like, left town. They right. couldn't find him. They put out, like, a be on the lookout for him. And then on September 13th, so this is, what, seven days after? Like, that's a week after. I mean, Susan mm-hmm. had to just be, like, shitting her pants. He yeah. could be anywhere. Yeah. They find him, like, trying to check into a medical center saying that he needs help. He mm-hmm. said that he they they arrest him when he's in the act of checking in. I don't know yeah. how they tracked him there, but he said I have nothing left to live for anymore. So they put him on like a mandatory a mandatory psychiatric hold and whatever. And then finally, once that was cleared, they arrested him for conspiracy to commit murder. Of course, he's like, "Woo!" I didn't have anything to do with this. Oh, my God, you dumbass. Just because I knew the guy didn't mean that I had anything, you know, to do with this. Uh-huh. Uh, Just because I was planning to commit suicide right. that night. Yeah. yeah. No. I know lots of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in the meantime, an autopsy had come back on Ed, this guy who had been sent to kill Susan. And he had had, like, a near lethal dose of cocaine in his system mm-hmm. at the time of his death. So this guy was like the cokehead. He's all coked up, which means he has like super strength and she still managed to fight him off. That's amazing. That is amazing. So he's like, um, Mike's like, ah, I didn't do this. I had nothing to do with this. Like, sure, the guy used to work for me and everything, but look, he's a cokehead. Drug addicts do all kinds of crazy things. Mm-hmm. And the police are like, yeah, but, um, you know, somebody turned the alarm off at um, at Susan's house, right. you know, during the day while she was at work. Uh, our, we checked the alarm records and he's like, well, yeah, I went there and I wrote the note saying I couldn't I couldn't let the cats out because I was going to the beach. Or yeah, I, I wrote I my alibi for you guys. Yeah, exactly. That's essentially what he's like. No, you just store checks out. Yeah, I was there, but I left. Uh-huh. And so the police are like, of course, the police put this together that he had been there. He let the guy in the house. He set the alarm yes, when he left, yes. of course, so that she would come home and be none the wiser that anybody was in the house. Right. Um, the prosecutor, as they were moving forward with this, said said of Mike's claims of innocence. He could deny it all he wanted, but the weight of the evidence was overwhelming. Yeah. They had another guy come forward who had been like a um, a cellmate of Ed's at some point that Ed had contacted with him. He'd actually gone to the meeting with Ed to meet with Mike, where Mike had offered them $50,000 to kill Susan. And this guy was like, $50,000? Yeah, and this guy's like, no, I'm not, I'm not interested. Wow. Yeah. And so 
they figure out the how, they figure out, you know, the the connection and whatever, but they can't figure out the motive. What did he stand to gain from this? He'd already been removed yeah. as her beneficiary. Yeah. What would he gain if she was dead? Well, a lot of, I mean, sorry, a lot of shitheads kill their wives or ex-wives yeah. just for the control. And and that could be a huge part of it. Okay. But there was a financial motivation, the police believe, as well. Because Susan was ready for a divorce. She was ready to be done. And because of their financial situation during their marriage, she was definitely the breadwinner and whatever. She had stayed in the house and she had paid off the house. But Mike's name was still on it. If they got a divorce, he likely would not have gotten any part of the house. And it was valued at like $300,000. Okay. And a couple weeks prior to the attempted murder on Susan, he had lost his job and had no financial prospects. He was still living at his parents' house. What do you do to lose your job at the Fantasy Ranch? Right? I don't know. So he was he was a supervisor, so... Okay. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know how he lost his job, but the police are like, okay, maybe he that's... Was baiting on the job. Maybe he was. Gross. <laughs> Gross. So yeah. So if he would have gotten divorced, he would have had nothing. If Susan died, his name was still on that house, so all of it would have gone to him. That makes sense. Yeah. Ultimately, in August of 2007, Mike pled guilty. Despite all of his claims of innocence, Mm -hmm. he pled guilty to soliciting Susan's murder. At his sentencing, Susan had her chance to go on the stand and tell her story of what happened to that day. In a courtroom, looking directly at Mike's face, she got to talk about, or had to talk about, you know, you could look at it either way, what happened to her and how she fought for her life. And then she made a statement directly to Mike. She said, yeah, let's hear it. You sought out people with criminal records, people with substance abuse issues, desperate enough to do desperate things for money. Who better to do what you were too much of a coward to do yourself? Yeah. On the stand, she pulled out a stack of photographs of her bruised face, all of the injuries that she had sustained, the gash in her scalp, her arms and back, all of the defensive wounds that she had. And one by one, she held them up for Mike to look at. And she said, these are pictures of me in my own emergency room. Mm -hmm. Do I look okay? So this is in reference to something that the police had said to her, that he had said to police. Uh Police asked him why he had never checked on Susan after the attack because he'd just, you know, gone on the run. Mm -hmm. If he's innocent, why had he never checked on his wife that he was dying to get back together with? And he claimed that he never checked on her because he had heard she was okay. (laughs) Yeah. Give me a break. So she's holding up these pictures and she's like, do I look okay Here's another picture of me in my very own ER, the ER I've worked in for 30 years. Look, honey, do I look okay? Here's the hammer strike on the side of my head. Do I look okay? At the end, Susan said, I am damaged by what you have done to me. I am damaged, but I'm not destroyed. Hmm. 
Then Mike got his chance to speak. Oh, let's hear it. He rose at his table, sniffling and whimpering and crying. My life has been so hard and everybody hates me. He said, I've hurt a lot of people in the last year and I'm sorry. And Susan laughed. (laughs) God, I love her. I love her. Michael was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Are you kidding me? No. What the fuck? I think that's disgusting. Lock that douche he up for life. He solicited her murder. Ugh. Yeah, it seems a little low. Uh, yeah, I think it seems very low. Um, so he's sent off to serve his time. In the meantime, Susan filed for and was granted a divorce. divorce. <laughs> Um, and she went back to using her maiden name of Susan Walters. Um, then, in March of 2008, Susan filed a civil suit against Mike for what he'd done to her. And a, after a two-day trial, a jury unanimously awarded her $53,700 for her medical expenses and lost wages after the attack. Okay. And then, in, 11, in an 11-to-1 decision... They also awarded her a million dollars for emotional distress. He'll never pay that. Exactly. That's great. So what she said was she knew that he could he would never pay any of that. But she hoped that it would keep him from being able to afford another hitman. Oh, yes. She that's interesting. If he got released or when he got released, when he would have to get a job and he would have to pay her money like the courts would require him to do it. And so it would keep him from being able to squirrel away money and afford another hit. That's amazing. Yeah. Did she move? She didn't. She She stayed in her house. house. That is one brave woman. Yeah. So Mike's release date was scheduled for September 14th, 2014. She, as that date grew closer, she like withdrew into herself. She became so anxious um, constantly. She said she felt like a broken plate glued back together. Mm. Like there were just parts of her that were missing now, parts of her that didn't fit. She wasn't her same bubbly, adventurous person. Um, Anytime she went out to eat, she sat where she could see the door. Yeah. Um, She drove a different route home every night. If she thought somebody might be following her, she drove around the block. Mm -hmm. She watched over her shoulder every time she went anywhere. Yeah. Um, She was quoted as saying, I'm doing a life sentence for picking a bad husband. Oh, God, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, Um, he gets 10 years and she yeah. gets the rest of her yeah. life so, to be terrified. So she stayed in that house for a while. And then as his release date neared, she decided she was going to move somewhere else so that he wouldn't know where she lived. Yeah. She moved to a new home, but stayed in Portland, moved to a home in a cul-de-sac. So it was like off the beaten mm-hmm. path. She put gravel all around the house so that she could hear footsteps if somebody yeah. was walking to the house. She put out security cameras. She took up shooting. She got a gun, started taking uh, practice shooting at a nearby range. Heck yeah. She was going to be ready. She was not taking any chances. And then what happened on June 13th, 2014, 
92 days before his release, Mike died of cancer in prison. (gasps) Wow. Yeah. It's called karma, baby. When asked about his death, Susan said that she felt sadness. Not sad for his death, but sad that he had never known a life where he felt he could be loved. And then many people have called Susan a hero Mm -hmm. for what she did that day for fighting for her life. And she said, that's so difficult for her to wrap her mind around because she took somebody's life that day. Hmm. And that is something that she carries with her and something that will. Yeah, she didn't want to have to do that. No, she didn't want to have to do that. I mean, the reason she got up that first time she let go of his neck was because she just wanted to run away. She wanted to be done with it. Yeah. I can understand how that would be really hard to live with. Yeah. But she's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. And that's the crazy story of a man who really didn't want a divorce. Oh, God. What a shithead. Yeah. I know I've already said it. I hate people like that. I know. Life's a shit sandwich. It's just awful all the time. <laughs> yeah. And there's no hope in any yeah. getting better than the, 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 the. Yeah. I hate to say it, but stay the fudge away from me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you hate to say it, folks. Hate to say it. Hate to use heart, harsh language. All right. Um, we're ready for something a little lighter. Yes. Okay. First of all, did you know that Kim Kardashian has been married three times? Tell me something I don't know. Do you I keep up know. as well? Yeah. I okay. didn't know. Oh, my God. I have not watched. Okay, so I used to watch Keeping Up with Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Watched it for years, but now I have not watched it in years. Okay. Okay. Well, this is interesting. I thought you would be, like, too good for this stuff. No, there was a time in my life where I loved it. Like, a little short period, and I watched, like, all the old seasons Uh and then like watch the current season but that has been years ago so okay well here we go first of all special thanks to the fine journalists at us weekly life and style magazine tmz people magazine buzzfeed you're all doing the lord's work that's right (laughs) (laughs) if half of this script is accurate i will be shocked (laughs) it was the year 2000 kim kardashian A.K.A. the Princess of America. Who calls her that? Um, I do. (laughs) If we have American royalty, it's the Kardashians. I'm sorry to tell you. You're right. She was just 19 years old, Brandy. Mm -hmm. She didn't have a reality show. Didn't have a sex tape. Yeah. And she hadn't yet taught us how to contour our (laughs) balloon-like faces. (laughs) In January of that year... A young Kim K got high on ecstasy and eloped in Las Vegas. It was her first marriage, and it was to a music producer named Damon Thomas, who was 10 years older than her. Mm -hmm. What do you think about 19 to 29? Hate it. Yes. Hate it. Hate it. Couldn't hate it more. Couldn't hate it more. 18 to 28. I would hate that more. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like I say my thing on age gaps all the time. I'm going to say it here briefly. I do not like a big age gap because I'm suspicious of the older person. I think that there's some tendency to want to control. There's some tendency to go after someone who's going to be more naive. And 
I just think maybe you're striking out with people your own age who yeah. are wise to the bullshit. Right. Um, I don't feel that strongly about people who are both older, like the difference between 40 and 50. That's not a yeah. big life difference. But the life difference between 19 and 29 is fucking huge. It is. Yeah, it's it huge. definitely is. Kim was just out of high school. This guy was well into his career. Yeah, he's yeah. a music producer. Yes. So now, I feel like we she need- does like she looks like a video girl though. So like it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense because she's hot and I see. I don't think. Yeah, it- I mean, like I figured that's the type of girl that a music a twenty nine year old pr- music producer is looking for. He's looking for like a hot video chick. I just can't imagine being twenty nine and wanting to go after a nineteen year old. I don't care what industry you're in. I think that's gross. Yeah, I think it's gross. I'm just saying. I'm not that surprised by it. Oh, I'm surprised. I'm not at all. I'm naive. (laughs) Damon Thomas isn't a household name, but he is kind of a big deal. He's worked with Lionel Richie, Pink, Chris Brown. He's been nominated for a Golden Globe and a Grammy. A Golden Globe? Yeah. Yeah. For what? You know, I didn't look that up. I assume so. He worked on Dream Girls, the oh, soundtrack yeah. so for Green. Yeah, so yeah, I almost called it Green Girls. <laughs> <laughs> and according to Kim Kardashian, he was a shit bag of a husband. Mm-hmm. Not the least bit surprising. He's twenty nine year old looking for a nineteen year old. Yeah, yeah. Their marriage lasted just a few years. Do you know any of this story? Mm-mm. Okay. I knew she was married to him, but I don't didn't really know who okay. he was and yeah. It's interesting. Um at some point in their marriage they separated and in 2003 Damon filed for divorce. Wow. And it was ugly. In divorce documents that have since been made public, Kim claimed that Damon was physically and verbally abusive. Mhm. She so these, divorce, these documents, like, they go through the whole thing. So I'm just going to go through it. She said that when she and Damon were first married, she was working as a salesperson at this clothing store called Body. Mm-hmm. And that she'd worked there for three years. So about three months into their marriage, she says that Damon was, like, got super controlling, wanted her to quit her job because he got all worried and jealous that, like, her ex-boyfriends knew where she worked, so they might go to the store and try to talk to her. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I don't know. He's worried about these high school kids coming after <laughs> her. So he's like, I want you to quit. I want you to quit. I want yeah. you to quit. So she quits. So now she's a housewife. Mm-hmm. And that really sucked. Yeah. Because then, you know, he would come home, and she says that, like, regardless of what time he came home, he always expected a meal to be prepared. And he would often come home at like 4.30 in the morning. So yeah. then he's like waking her up and oh, she gets the joy of cooking him wow. some stupid meal. Yeah. Sounds great. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you're 19, so you yeah. don't know. Well, and you're totally like, he has complete control. You have no way to, you're not making any money on your own. Right. You're like totally, yeah, like. He's the big power. Yeah, yes. he's the big important guy. Yeah. And you don't know anything about relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're like, mm, this is this is what a relationship is. This is what a marriage is. Yeah. Wow. She described a dynamic that was incredibly controlling. She was not allowed to leave the house without his permission. Wow. She couldn't even go to the grocery store without asking his permission. Apparently, so she says that he was like terrified that men would hit on her, 
which is like, I'm sorry, if you're worried that men will find your wife attractive, don't marry Kim Kardashian. Right. Right? I mean, yeah. Good grief. So anyway, he restricted the amount of time she spent with friends and family, and she also says that he was violent. She said that one day she and Damon were going to go skydiving with Justin Timberlake, like you do. Yeah. (laughs) And he just flipped out on, on her. He hit her in the face, cut her lip open, and she fell into a bed frame and banged up her knee really bad. Mm -hmm. And she says that she was limping when they went skydiving. Mm -hmm. Another time, Damon learned that Kim had paged someone, because this was like way back in the day. He asked who the person was. She said who it was. And he got super angry and punched her in the face. Wow. Who was it? It didn't say. But she said... That's later. (laughs) She says she thought about calling the police, but was too afraid. Well, yeah, she probably was. Well, yeah. Well, and I mean, okay, this is, oof. Her experience with family friends dealing with domestic violence is that the abusers do no prison time. Yep. Yeah. So there we go. I don't need to go more into that. Like people I think people know. pick up people on know. that. Yeah. If you don't know, Terry. <laughs> Try Googling Kardashian yeah. and OJ Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> she also described a time after they separated when she wanted to go back to their house to get some of her things. She says she asked permission. He said yes. She went into their bathroom to get some of her stuff and he flipped out. He slammed her against the closet wall, put his hands around her neck, punched the wall next to her head, then grabbed her by the hair, threw her across the room, and she basically just ran out of the house terrified. Mm-hmm. There were some other things. Um, he apparently gave her $3,650 to get liposuction. Okay. Which I'm like, from where? Yeah. And is it really that cheap? My God. Maybe when you're getting the amount done, she would Right, she was 19, so... Or, you know, a little older by then, I guess, but still. Well, yeah, by the time you're 20, then you just balloon up. Oh, Oh, it's just terrible. Disgusting. Imagine having to be a 30-year-old man with a 20-year-old wife. Then he gave her another $1,000 for more surgeries. Mm. But again, how many... What are you getting done with 1000 bucks? Lip injections? But that's not a surgery. Yeah, you get it done like at a plastic surgeon's. Okay, okay. Uh, the bottom line was that he wanted her to look perfect, yeah. but also never leave the house and, have and be no admired. one look at her. Yeah. Yes. Um. So other things I read that I did not write down. Everybody drink. Um. <laughs> so and these these documents weren't super clear, but they said that at one point, and this is just gross. He found a picture of one of Kim's sisters naked. I don't know which one. And then showed it to their dad. What? And called her a whore. What? Yeah. I mean, gross. Yeah. So there's some other stories like this. Again, this is all Kim's side of the story. But there you go. Yeah. The court ordered Damon to pay Kim $56,000 as like a lump sum. Mm Mm-hmm. Did I already say their marriage ended in February of 2004? No, you did not tell us that. <laughs> Excellent. Breaking news, their marriage ended in February of 2004. Excellent. But you may be wondering, wow, Kristen, you're such an amazing researcher. Divorce proceedings are usually pretty private. 
How did you get your hands on these incredible court documents? I am wondering. Okay. Well, I found them online. They were really easy to find online. <laughs> so, I found these online, and I was I was kind of like, huh, this is like really private yeah. stuff. How, but I found them in tabloids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I figured, okay, well, maybe they did something shady to get this information. I don't know. That's not what Damon thinks happened. Uh-huh. I assume that somebody paid somebody off. No, Damon thinks the Kardashians leaked them on purpose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I believe, and I couldn't track down exactly when this stuff leaked, but I believe they leaked after the Chris Humphreys thing, mm. when maybe people started looking into her first marriage. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, here's his side of the story. Um, he thinks that she was the one who leaked those papers mm-hmm. to the press. So in 2014, he did an interview with In Touch. He says he never physically abused her. And he was like, look, she never filed a restraining order. She never filed for a protective order against me, which that's not proof that you that's didn't. That's not. Yeah, but because a lot of people don't go to the police with this stuff. Yeah. and Okay. All super douches are going to be like, I never touched her. Yeah. Okay, let's... But, there's a, I, at the same time, there's a possibility that... that he didn't. You're right. Yeah. Okay, I apologize. I mean, I don't know how... <laughs> anyway. The only time she accused me of abuse was after I filed for divorce. She just wanted more money out of me. Mm. And by the way, I filed for divorce because she was cheating on me with multiple guys. Here's what he said happened. Okay. When we were separated, she lured me back into a relationship. She talked me into buying her a boob job and lipo and a bunch of nice clothes. And then I saw a photo of Kim in the tabloids. She was on a date with Jennifer Lopez's ex-husband, Chris Judd. Mm. You remember, I mean, kind of a loser. Yeah. And she was wearing... The sweet new clothes that I just bought her and looking all good from that free lipo. Mm-hmm. That was it for Damon. He'd had enough. Looking back, he said Kim was just obsessed with fame. He said, she can't write or sing or dance, so she does harmful things in order to validate herself in the media. That's a fame whore to me. Ooh. It's just not cool at all. Gosh, both of those sides are pretty believable. I know, right? That is a conundrum. That's why I was trying to get you to slow down yeah. a little bit. I could believe either of those. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, right? I don't know. I mean, maybe. Because I could see, first of all, we know I'm very suspicious of the 29-year-old who needs to get married to a 19-year-old. Yeah. And so it does not surprise me at all that that dynamic would be very controlling and unhealthy. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it was abusive. Yeah. But it also, I totally believe that Yeah, she I don't would... believe that the tales have to be exclusive of no, each other. No, I don't at all. Yeah. I mean, he's saying I didn't ab- abuse her, but I'm I'm thinking... You know, you could do all that stuff that she says he did. And, and not see any of that as abuse. Really? What? The stuff that she is calling abusive, the waking me up at four o'clock in the morning, uh-huh. the, the verbal abuse, everything aside from the physical abuse, I think that someone could convince themselves was like a normal, 
you okay. know, just kind of behavior in a marriage. Okay, you know what? Yeah. Someone who is... We got to put on our douchebag hats. Yeah. Because the douchebag hat hat is like, well, I'm paying for everything. And she gets to stay at home. So when I come home at 4.30 in the morning, I expect a hot meal. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm saying. I think that those tales could be very close to each other. They do not have to be exclusive of each other. And saying that she was relentless in her pursuit of fame? Yeah, Yeah, probably. Probably. In fact, definitely. It would shock me. I mean, you don't fall into fame. No. Not at the level she did. No. So, Yeah. Okay, so um, obviously those court documents are very damning, but when she has actually spoken out in the press about that relationship, she's been very diplomatic. Mm -hmm. She has basically said, I was really young. I thought I was in love. I now realize that's not what that was. Yeah. So marriage number one, Dunzo. Check. Then she dated Ray J, and they made some home movies. She went out with Nick Lachey. (laughs) Then Nick Cannon, who got upset about her home movies. Which, what an idiot. Nick Cannon? How does Nick Cannon land Kim Kardashian and Mariah Carey? I don't know. But being married to Mariah Carey seems like his own punishment. Yeah, he is funny. Yeah. He's got charm. Yeah, that is true. He is charming. He's not good looking. No, he's not. I mean, I hate to to say it. Nick Cannon? hate to shit on him. Cannon's not bad looking. He's not. He's not bad looking. looking, But I mean, he's not Mariah Carey or Kim Kardashian level. Mm, Maybe you're right on that. I'm definitely right on that. He played the nerd in the remake of Can't Buy Me Love. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah. So again, another thing I didn't write down. So apparently, Nick Cannon was just so upset because. His relationship with Kim was going great. He thought she was just wonderful. He, and then he found out about the sex tape. And I guess she lied to him and said there wasn't a sex tape, but then the sex tape came out. And I'm thinking, buddy, you should have stuck on that train. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Way to take a principled stance. Yeah. <laughs> so then she dated Reggie Bush, then Miles Austin, and then True Love. Chris uh, Humphreys. Uh, woo! In October of 2010, Kim met NBA basketball player Chris Humphreys. Who spells it K-R-I-S, which is no. how a girl spells it. I know, it's how her mom spells yes. it. That's just confusing. There can only be one Chris I in mean, that family. I mean, why? Who spelled it that way? Shame on his parents. <laughs> they seem like nice folks from Minnesota. <laughs> I do actually think that he kind of got the raw end of the deal here. I feel really bad for him. Do you? I do. Okay, yeah, we're going to, yeah. <laughs> well, oh. Oh, poor Chris Humphreys. I don't, I, I go back and forth. Okay, here okay. we go. So they meet Sparks Flew on May 18th, 2011. After six whole months of dating, Kim walked into her bedroom in Beverly Hills and there was Chris Humphreys with a K on bended knee. <laughs> there were candles. The words, will you marry me, were spelled out in rose petals. And he was holding a 20.5 carat diamond Holy ring. Holy fucking shit. They said 20 carats. How do you even lug that thing around? <laughs> they brought it to him in a Brinks armored car. I believe it. Because it was worth... Two million dollars. 
how did he pay for that? How much money was he making in the NBA? I mean, not that much. God, yeah, that's. I don't think Chris Humphreys ever got a contract that big. No way. Like, Would she pay I mean, for her he, own ring? They Okay, the articles I read all made a point to be like, which he bought himself, which the first time I read that, I was like, that sounds really like, I mean, he he's a big boy. He did it all by himself. He but, definitely could afford it, but like, it's a huge chunk of change for him. Not a good financial decision? Is that what you're saying? Probably not. I'm going to find out how much he made in the NBA. I doubt he got a major contract. I read somewhere no. that he was worth he, six million. He yeah, was always in 2016, a, he was a bench player. He made player. four million in the NBA. Yeah, he was usually a bench player. Like you a don't have man. to say it like that. Four million is nothing to He's sneeze at. He's spending two million of it on an engagement ring. Hey, I think he learned his lesson, don't you think? <laughs> wait, hold on, hold on. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, he made way more than I thought. Okay. Estimated earnings mm-hmm. by year for the 2011-2012 season, $8 million. Mm-hmm. 2012-2013 season, $12 million. 13-14 season, $12 million. And then 15-16, $4 million. It went down for the next couple of years, $4 million. So, okay, he could have afforded it. He, he definitely afforded it, but it's still a massive chunk of change. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Whew. Anyway. Whew. The other thing is, you can't wear a $2 million no! ring. Everybody's going to be trying to steal your fucking ring. Well, she's had that experience. <gasps> well, she has. You're right. Yeah. Now she doesn't wear jewelry. What mm-hmm. are you looking up? Oh, I was looking at Chris Humphrey still, but do you think that she chooses not to wear jewelry? What do you mean? She's completely styled by Kanye. Um... I yeah, he picks the clothes, he picks the mm-hmm. shoes, he he picks all of that. Mm-hmm. I totally believe that. But I do think that not wearing jewelry was her decision after being robbed in Paris. Yeah. Because it's just not worth it. Oh yeah. Um are we tra- calling that an abusive controlling? See, I kinda think they're more in a partnership with it. Okay. You don't think so? You think he's like styling her like a Barbie doll? I mean, she kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sure do. <laughs> oh, no, Kim. Kim. Kim, I've got a guest bedroom for you. You're going to love it. Okay. So Kim was over the moon. She said, it was ever everything I ever dreamt of and more. I think when you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Except for when you don't. When you don't know. Almost immediately, they started wedding planning, which was a good thing because their wedding took place three months later. Yeah. Why? That's crazy, right? You got to get it on during sweep season. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so these three months are going by and they're planning the world's most perfect wedding when a little man named Kanye West got wind of this engagement. Mm-hmm. Do you know what he did? No. Okay, so... He and Kim had been friends for years, and when he found out she was engaged, he bought his first ever cell phone. And he only used it to call her. And so he would call her, and he would send her pictures of, like, his old... dick. <laughs> well, probably. <laughs> Lil Yeezus. <laughs> Lil Yay. <laughs> so he would send pictures of washed up NBA stars 
who used to be cool looking. Oh my and he'd be gosh. like, look, this is what you're getting into. <gasps> Don't make a mistake here. Oh my gosh. And Jets. she was just, that's Dick actually move. super shitty. Yeah. yeah. Well, she was like, mm, blocking out the haters. They didn't see the haters. So she ignored that. She just continued right along. She was in love. She was getting married in like five minutes. Yeah. The invitations arrived at guests' houses in these little boxes, which were covered in hundreds of black crystals. Nearly 450 people were invited. Ryan Seacrest, Demi Lovato, Serena Williams, Avril Lavigne. Ryan Seacrest was required to be there. He's the executive producer of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. He's like, do I get paid to be here? (laughs) This wedding was insane. They were married on August 20th, 2011 at a private estate in Montecito, California. Mm-hmm. Kim wore a custom Vera Wang gown. Excuse me, she wore three Vera yeah. Wang gowns. Um, they were 20 grand a piece, which I actually thought didn't seem that expensive. That's on the low side. <laughs> I, mean, I guess it's all relative. Yeah. And Chris wore a boring suit. I think I sometimes feel sorry for men with how lame they have to dress. Yeah. And they don't get be. to have, you know, outfit changes and I mean or like fun hair. Yeah. Or like a you know, well, I guess they can do whatever they want. They just get judged for it. Yeah. Meanwhile, we get to be unicorns every day. That's right. The E Channel broadcast two big wedding specials called Kim's Fairy Tale Wedding, a Kardashian event. Mm-hmm. An estimated 10.5 million people tuned in. Wow. Now, let me let me rephrase that. Probably it was like the same people watching both specials. So I don't know that it's 10.5 individual people, but you know, you know lots one of one person watched it 10.5 million times. Probably a few. <laughs> <laughs> the first of the specials was the most watched program in e history. Mm-hmm. As for the wedding, it was perfection. Earth, Wind, and Fire performed. Did they really? <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. The wealth. Wolfgang Puck prepared a four-course meal. Wow. They had a cake that was eight feet tall and cost $20,000. Why? Why not, Randy? <laughs> How do you even get to the top of an eight-foot cake? A ladder. That is dumb and not the least bit practical. And what do you do with all the leftovers? That's so much cake. Well, there were 450 people. No, no, 450 people could not consume eight feet of cake. And you know the ladies who were at that event were not eating cake. No. No. I, I bet 450 people could eat eight feet of cake. No. 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 Yes. That could feed a whole country. That could feed all of... Because you always want extra. You never want to run out. And you know they were not running out of anything at this wedding. Everyone looked chic in black and white. Mm. Were they required to wear black and yeah. white? Yeah. Yeah. The wedding cost $6 million. Wow. $10 million? $15 million. I was going to say, I thought I had heard $13 million. So so the bottom line is, no one can really agree on how much this thing probably cost. Mm. Obviously, it was crazy expensive. But cost is a funny thing. Because Because who paid for it? (laughs) (laughs) Good question. Um... E? Some people think, oh, let me, 
a lot of people think that Kim and Chris actually profited off uh-huh. the wedding. Uh, when you consider all the money they made from selling photos, getting freebies, selling the rights to broadcast their mm-hmm. wedding. Apparently, Kim was even paid to have her bachelorette party at this resort. I mean, can yeah. you imagine? You get you get Thanks your nice to vacation. Mama Chris. Well, she is the brains. Ooh. Oh, man. But hey, so a lot of people really hated on that. I do not. I just feel like, you know what? That's just being business savvy. You're going to get married anyway. If you don't really care about privacy. Yeah. And you want to make some money. I don't know. Monetize your wedding. I just, you know, the rest of us dummies lost money on our wedding. That's (laughs) right. Although I would never broadcast anything like that. That's my next wedding is going to be sponsored by the gaming historian. You better start saving up. Norm. Everyone gets What's a t-shirt. <laughs> Didn't we read a post? Uh, maybe it was on Reddit about a lady that had a wedding and she was mad that people weren't like paying for the wedding, like giving her cash or something. Oh, uh, I read a post on Reddit about this woman who it was like a "Am I the asshole?" post, and it was mm-hmm. um, this woman who had sent. Or who went to a wedding and gave a gift basket of like a bunch of stuff that she thought the two brides would love, like right. a bottle of wine and like a, a really nice basket. Yes, and Norman. Some people are gay. <laughs> I hate to break this to We're all thinking. Oh, <laughs> um, and so like she had really put a lot of thought into this, and yeah. she when she got the thank you note, they were like put in the thank you note that they did not appreciate the basket because the dollar value did not match what they expected to receive based on what they paid see, per head to feed people at the assholes. wedding. See, people do that and then they give Kim Kardashian crap for this. Yes. The same thing. It is the same thing. Yeah, I have noticed. So I think it's a thing where people are throwing these weddings that they can't afford. Yeah. So they think they're going to somehow make up for it right. in the gifts. And you're yeah. not. You're not. The wedding is just a fun thing, and yeah. let me tell you, I'm looking looking at you, darling. Ooh. We had the cheapest wedding of all time, and I gotta not say- Not of all time. I think it was pretty damn cheap. Well, You yeah, didn't no. go to the justice of the peace. Okay, yeah, it wasn't the cheapest wedding of all time, but I'm just saying- It was a like, cheap wedding. Yeah. Like, if you're the type who doesn't want to get up in front of a bunch of people and doesn't want the e-cameras there, just do it, you know, do it small. Do it DP style. Have your dad marry you. Ooh. Oh. Don't say Get that. married DP style. <laughs> so we did. Her dad No, don't say our wedding was DP style. Yeah. It, it was, though. <laughs> okay, I've got to throw up. Okay. So, they had the perfect wedding. That means your cousin Jenny's wedding was also DP style. <laughs> Fact. Oh, no. Very good We're sorry, Jenny. Sorry, Jenny. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> they didn't realize what they signed up for. So they had the perfect wedding, uh, and they started married life together. Mm-hmm. And their marriage was pretty typical. They moved in together with Kim's sister, Courtney, right there with them, and a film crew following yeah, them all around. Super typical. Just normal, normal stuff. Uh, they were filming... A Keeping Up with the Kardashians spinoff called Courtney and Kim Take New York. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. <laughs> They'd had this whirlwind romance. Yeah. Um, they were so excited to get married, but they didn't actually know each other very well. Yeah. They hadn't spent that much time face to face with each mm-hmm. other. And once they did, 
Kim Kim <laughs> thought he was really annoying. <laughs> Wait, I want to guess if I can. Re- when you get to the, I want to guess if I can remember how many days they were married. Okay, um, I'm getting to it right now. What do you think? Seventy two days. Very good. Very good. <laughs> um, so seventy two days later, on October thirty first, twenty eleven, just three weeks after E aired that special. Oh, <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Kim filed for divorce. Uh Uh-oh. She cited irreconcilable differences. She immediately released this, like, super boring statement to the media, and it said, I had hoped this marriage was forever, but sometimes things don't work out as planned. We remain friends and wish each other the best. And I really want to bang Kanye. (laughs) Hold on that thought for just a minute. (laughs) Poor Chris. Poor Chris. Poor Chris. He did not get the memo. Because he wrote his own statement, and his statement said, I love my wife, and am devastated to learn she filed for divorce. Oh, Oh, no! no. I'm committed to this marriage and everything this covenant represents. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make it work. Brandy, you are cringing so hard right now. Oh, gosh, it's terrible. It's secondhand embarrassment. I'm secondhand embarrassed You are. You are. I see it in your face. It makes you wonder, how did he find out? Oh, no. Like, did he find out through the media that he was getting divorced? Poor Chris Humphreys. The public, along with Hollywood insiders, were very skeptical. (laughs) Everyone smelled a conspiracy. They were like, these two were never in love. This was a publicity stunt. They got married to make money. Mm -hmm. The whole thing was faked. We were duped. Second opinion. Some people who were close to the couple said, no, they were genuinely in love. It just didn't work out. They just, like, rushed into it. It was dumb. Yeah, they didn't spend enough time together. But they were actually in love. Okay, what do you think? That poor Chris was duped. (laughs) You think... Kim did this for because she wanted to ha- not even necessarily for profit because she wanted to have a wedding. Oh, that's interesting. That was not part of the multiple choice, but that's actually yeah. what I think. Yeah. 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 She wanted to have a wedding and then she was like, "Oh, shit, I have to have a marriage now." Fuck. <laughs> that doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> I wanted all the cameras yeah. and the 8-foot tall cake. Yeah. 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 Which and I think Chris probably was like totally thought he was like in yeah. love and yeah I think that he totally got boned <laughs> was that the word you were looking for not the word I was looking for he got boned so Kim just like wasn't into him anymore mm-hmm. I, it just seemed like here okay I'm gonna throw this out there I think she was in love with the idea of being in love yeah yeah I totally believe that yeah the other thing I think is that just cause I, I had a friend who this happened to Mm -hmm. she was engaged she'd been with this guy for a long time and she says that she knew before the actual wedding like she had big doubts but it felt like the ball was in motion yeah because her parents had already put down deposits the whole thing so she got married to him they ended up getting divorced shortly after Mm -hmm. but i i can't even imagine the pressure when you've got the E network. Yeah. You've signed all these contracts. Yeah. Yeah. I There are a lot of people who are going to hate this cuz there are so many Kim Kardashian haters and 
I'm just Haters. not one of them. I don't I don't think that she intentionally did anything to make money. I'm not in that camp. I think that she probably thought she was in love, but I think she was really in love with the idea of having a wedding. Yeah. 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 And I think she loves fame. Yeah. Yeah. So people were all about the money aspect. I think it was more the the, the attention aspect. Yeah. Absolutely. Because like that was treated like the royal wedding. Yeah. Love royal weddings. Oh, me too. What is it about? I mean, we're not British, but no. man, oh. When, oh. One, when one of those happens, I'm camped out. Poor Meghan Markle, though. Why poor Meghan Markle? Meghan Markle can't do anything right. The yeah, tabloids gets... tear her. The British tabloids tear her apart. Yeah. Mm. She is she American trash. Well, <laughs> her family seems trashy. I'll say that. They every now and then one of them will like. I just have to do this interview. Yeah. And blah, 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 blah. And I read this article. This is so, so tangenty. But I read this mm-hmm. article that was like um, comparing the things they say about Kate uh-huh. to the things they say about Megan. And it's oh. like they will call out Megan as doing something wrong. And then another article, it'll be Kate did the exact same thing. But and they're she's like, like praising her for it. Yeah. 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 That really sucks. It does suck. Is it a. Because she's American, or is it maybe a racial thing? Because isn't Megan? Markle... No, I think it's just. I think it's. I, I think don't think it's racial. Black, right? I think it's. I think it's both. It could. It could potentially. I was trying to give people the benefit of the doubt, but I think it's that. Meh. I don't, well, I don't know of, anything. There's about lots the of royal things wedding. that are frowned upon about her. She's American, and it's her second marriage. Ooh. And she was an. And she was an actress. Yeah. Which, you know. I, yeah. I remember she's an actress. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know for the royalty you're supposed to. Grow up in you're a, a slutty edge. Yeah, you're supposed to like have lived in a tower your whole life. Yeah. Only Rapunzel's allowed to get married. <laughs> so, so no. how soon did Kim get with uh, Yeezy? Would you oh. just would you just calm down? Oh, and I knew you like to know. Yeah, just hang I'm on. on the edge of my seat. Oh, oh are you kind of into this? Oh. In the na 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 na. Can't remember the, any words to his songs now. I'm I've been sorry. so lonely, girl. I've been so sad. <laughs> That's the South Park. Yeah. The South Park. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so everyone has a pin, an opinion. You know, some people say this was all fake. People close to her are saying, no, she really wasn't love. This was just a bad idea. Yeah. This story was everywhere. And Kim and Chris Humphrey's 72 day marriage was a joke. Mm hmm. But that was mm-hmm. but it came out <laughs> super weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. My voice is breaking like I'm a 13 year old boy. Randy, <laughs> <laughs> put that boner away. Oh, God. Whoa. <laughs> so, this story. Oh, I'm sorry. I already read that part. I got distracted by your boner. How <laughs> dare <laughs> you? We need an out of context LGTC <laughs> podcast Twitter account. <laughs> got distracted by, by your, your boner. boner. <laughs> People are going to think you're a creep. No one's going to be like, oh, that was Kristen making a joke about Brandy having <laughs> a bon- <laughs> boner. No one's going to give you the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> so, you know, everyone's laughing, ha, 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 making fun. But, you know, this divorce would be just as speedy as the marriage itself. They'd signed very detailed prenups, and those prenups said that what they had going into the marriage, they'd get to keep. Yeah. And since the marriage had lasted two and a half seconds, it would be really easy to dissolve. 
Do you remember what happened next? Yeah. See, I didn't remember. Yeah, it was that. not speedy at all. Uh, no. The slowest divorce in history. It was It was a mess. So it was a mess. On December 1st, a little over a month after Kim filed for divorce, Chris Humphreys filed his own legal documents. <laughs> he did not want a divorce. He wanted an annulment mm-hmm. on the grounds that their marriage had been an act of fraud. Yes. <laughs> wow. He said that Kim had married him, you know, basically to boost her reality yeah. TV ratings and that he had been duped. And according to TMZ, he wanted $7 million. Holy shit. Yeah. Which, I didn't remember that. That seems a little steep, right? I mean, although he really got the shit into the stick. Two so. wealthy people. Why not? $7 is like nothing. To Kim Kardashian, probably. At this time, I think it was. Months went by. That spring, a rumor circulated that Kim was dating some new guy. Kanye West. Just this unknown uh, rapper named Kanye West. (laughs) (laughs) Love Kanye. But this divorce, annulment, uh, fraud case... (laughs) was not going anywhere. In court, Kim's attorney accused Chris Humphreys of purposely stalling the legal proceedings. A few months later, they were back at it in court again. This time, Chris's lawyers were like, I don't want to use the word uncooperative, but they are not making the process easier. Which is like, do you think uncooperative is a four-letter word? (laughs) Just the way that's said. (laughs) So now it's November 28th, 2012. It's been more than a year since Kim filed for divorce, and this shit is not wrapping up. Chris's lawyers were like, we want an annulment, and P.S., we can't wait for this to go to trial. We don't care. Yeah. We're just sitting. We're fine. (laughs) It's going to be epic. (laughs) And Kim's lawyer was like, yeah, that's never Never going to happen. happen. And how dare you? You're basically handcuffing Kim Kardashian to Mr. Humphreys. Mm -hmm. Now it's December 30th. 2012. We're at a Kanye West concert. And that's when he announces that Kim is pregnant. (laughs) So it was good news, but it was also really scary news Mm -hmm. because she was still technically married to Chris Humphreys. Okay, I'm going to say a little bit and then I want to discuss. So the articles I read all said, this is scary because in the eyes of the law, that child, which is clearly Kim and Kanye's, would be Chris Humphreys. Mm-hmm. And he Chris would be the presumed father of that child. Right. So her legal team was like, look, we need to wrap this thing up before you give birth. Yeah. But would they, I mean, I understand that you would be the presumed father, but surely... I mean, yeah, I mean, like, it just creates more legal steps because then there would have okay. to be a paternity case involved just because... A marriage exists. It's just like the eyes of the law. It's not. Okay. Yeah. So some of these it articles. It's a whole nother step in the legal process where a paternity case would have to come in. Okay. Okay. Some of these articles I read were, you know, I think they were just trying to make it as sensational as yeah. possible. Like, well, Chris could take that child. And, and yeah. it's like, give me a fucking break. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, they did want to wrap this yeah. shit up. At this point, Kim's attorney was like, all right. Well, and I remember it being like a really big deal to. Kim to have it wrapped up before yeah yes yeah we are getting to that okay Kim's attorney was like all right time for a new tactic 
We want this trial to happen. We are super pumped about a trial. Uh Let's have it right fucking now. Or let's broadcast it on E! (laughs) Ryan Seacrest, come on in! (laughs) Or, or, hear me out. Either we have the trial, or we just end the marriage. How about that? How about that? Either way, let us know. In the court documents, Kim basically said what you just said, which is like, I'm having this baby. I don't want to be married to Chris Humphreys when I have this baby. Well, that pissed off Chris Humphreys. (laughs) His lawyers were like, first of all, we're not ready to go to trial. And congrats on the pregnancy, but that's not a reason to speed up this case. Okay, I'm going to read to you verbatim. I think this is the douchiest thing ever. What is really going on here is that an urgency in the form of an apparently unplanned pregnancy, something the respondent had nothing to do with, is perceived by plaintiff as an opportunity to gain a litigation advantage by trying to force this court to prematurely set this matter for trial. That's so dumb. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I just find that obnoxious. Yeah, it is obnoxious. Meanwhile, Chris's legal team was working on their fraud case, and a big part of it was the show Courtney and Kim Take New York, Mm -hmm. which you guys might be thinking. But that's a documentary. That's a reality show. How could there be fraud involved in a reality show? Okay. I know that's what you're thinking, Brandy. I'm not thinking that at all. I need you to brace yourself for some (laughs) real bad news. That was on PBS, right? (laughs) I believe uh, Ken Burns was involved. Ken Ken Burns presents Courtney and Kim Take Manhattan. Can you imagine? I'd watch it. It'd be PBS's most watched special. (laughs) So, guys, I hate to say it. You hate to say it, I folks. hate to say it. Hate to tell it. But Chris alleged that some of that show was fake. <gasps> I know. The horror. <laughs> There's nothing fake about Kim Kardashian. Did you see what? The Emmys thing that just happened? Oh, yeah, I did. Ooh. That was, that was, was rough. Oh, it was real rough. Tell it. Tell it to the people. So, um, Kendall Jenner and Kim Kardashian presented at the Emmys just a few days ago, as of this recording time. And they were supposed to be presenting. I can't remember what they were presenting. I can't either. But they were talking about how our family knows above anyone else about unscripted um, Mm -hmm. being caught. It's all about real people. Real people and and blah, blah, blah. They got laughed at at the Emmys. Now, do you think, so obviously they were reading from teleprompters for that. I think the writers set them up. I do too. Okay. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they feel like they were set up. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What are you sniffing? Smelling a lawsuit. (laughs) Chris says that the show was faked and that it had been scripted and reshot to make him look bad. Hmm. So his legal team deposed some of the show's production crew. Uh (laughs) And one of the people they deposed was was a producer named Russell J. And in that deposition... 
Russell had to admit that, yes, at least two scenes in the show in which Chris had been seen as like the bad guy had actually been either like scripted or heavily edited or just completely reshot. Yeah. So let's go through. Shocking. (laughs) Brandy, just calm down. (laughs) For starters, you know, the big surprise proposal with the rose petals and all that. Not actually a surprise. Mm hmm. Kim had them shoot it twice because she didn't like how she reacted the first time. Not the least bit surprising. No, no. In another scene, Kim is talking to her mom, Kris Jenner, also with a K, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's meant to look as if Chris, as if Kim and Chris are still married. And she has gone to confide to her mom about how things aren't going great. Mm-hmm. But in reality, that scene was shot after Kim had filed for divorce. So right. it was just something like they had to throw... Like a filler it, yeah. scene that they needed to... Yeah. Well, because otherwise it would be like, things are going great. Oh, wait, I want a divorce. Yeah. 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 The fill in the narrative. Mm-hmm. Yes. In one episode, Kim gets really upset because Chris threw a party in their hotel room while she was out of town. Didn't tell her. But it wasn't true. She knew all about it. She was actually in the hotel that night. And yeah, she knew all about it. So overall, this was a really big victory for Chris. Word of the deposition leaked. Um, and we all learned that we had been duped. But, you know, Kim had money. Like, way more money than Chris Humphreys. Yeah. So her legal team just buried them in paperwork. Mm-hmm. They wrote a 217-page response to Chris's latest filing, and they were like, quit holding Kim Kardashian and this court of law hostage with your incompetence. It isn't cute. You said you wanted this trial. Here it is. If you're not ready, then that just means you didn't do your homework. Wow. And that's not a direct quote, but you know, you get the vibe. Yeah. Then things got real bad. On Valentine's Day of 2013... Just four days after Chris Humphrey's attorney received this like monstrous dissertation from yeah. the Kardashian lawyers, Chris's lawyer was like, uh, um, hey, so I'd like to be removed from uh. this case. I have irreconcilable differences with my client <gasps> and it's just not working. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So the next day the judge was like, all right, we're headed to trial. See you May 6th. <gasps> Until this point, it had just been the attorneys duking this whole thing out. But in April, Kim and Chris were supposed to meet face-to-face for a mandatory divorce settlement conference. Yeah. So Kim showed up, and he didn't. Wow. The judge was pissed. I bet. The judge was like, all right, now I'm setting up a sanction hearing, and at that point, we'll figure out how much we want to fine you for not showing up. Mm -hmm. The next week, the attorneys were back in court. They announced that they'd reached a settlement. Both sides agreed not to mess with an annulment. They wanted a simple divorce. Mm -hmm. Great. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Mm. Probably not. Not too much. (laughs) The court had to sign off on that judgment the next month. But guess who didn't show up to the hearing? (sighs) Chris didn't show up again? He didn't show up again. But it didn't matter. Uh, the marriage was over. Yeah. This was a gigantic legal victory for Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Chris didn't get the $7 million he mm-hmm. wanted. He didn't get an annulment. You know, none of that fraud stuff. Yeah. As a final parting gift, K 
Kim asked the judge not to penalize Chris for skipping out on their mandatory meeting. Wow. So, their marriage may have only lasted 72 days, but their divorce lasted two years. Holy shit. Yeah, and she, I remember when she went to her final hearing, she was super pregnant. Yeah. 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 I mean, she was ready to pop. Yeah. So, Chris Humphreys has since retired from the NBA. He now owns a shit ton of Five Guys restaurants Ooh. in the Midwest and some other chain that I'd never heard of. Um, and in March of this year, he wrote an essay about his experience of working so hard to get into the NBA, then marrying Kim Kardashian and being totally unprepared for what happened. It's actually a really good essay, and I'm going to read a chunk of it now. Yeah. Is it from the Players Tribune? Yes. Yeah. Have you read it? Oh, I love that site. Oh, okay. Um, it's really good. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a great site. Look. I should have known what I was getting into. I was definitely naive about how much my life was going to change. But the one thing that really bothers me is whenever people say that my marriage was fake. There's definitely a lot about that world that is not entirely real. But our actual relationship was 100% real. When it was clear that it wasn't working, what can I say? It sucked. It's never easy to go through the embarrassment of something like that. With your friends, with your family. But when it plays out so publicly in front of the world... It's a whole nother level. It was brutal. I didn't know how to handle it because I never thought I was going to be famous in that way. I remember having this moment when I was getting booed so hard in Philly and I thought to myself, why exactly are they booing me though? Is it just because I'm that guy from TV? Do they think I was trying to be famous? Is it because they think I disrespected the game of basketball? The last one killed me because all I've ever wanted to be known for was basketball. Oh, that makes me really sad. I know. See, I, okay, so I was totally not on his side reading through, mm -hmm. you know, the two years. But reading that, I did feel bad for him. Yeah. It would just be so humiliating. Oh, yeah. yeah. I oh, remember. Yeah. I remember people make fun of him. Oh, yeah. In games. Because that's like, like all he's known for Well, now. and teams were like, hesitant to sign him because yeah. of yeah. the drama that came with it exactly because mm -hmm. and he was a good, he is a good player yeah well i what the fuck do i know <laughs> <laughs> he's my favorite sports player <laughs> go sports go sports <laughs> no but he talked about how he had really bad anxiety he was in a really dark place and yeah you would yeah be. you would be that would be horrible that i mean you who could have predicted that that's what he was signing up for as someone who went through a divorce, not at all publicly, yeah. like, that's, ex I felt all of those things. Like, yeah. you do, you feel shame and anxiety and like you've disappointed everyone. And I didn't have to go through it publicly. Like, yeah. so I can't even imagine going through that, like with somebody who at the time was like one of the most famous people. Yeah. In the United States. Yeah. Yeah. That would be horrible. I actually think it takes courage to end a marriage that early. Yeah. Because I think the natural instinct would be to try to stick it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you'd just be miserable for yeah. years. Yeah. To come out that early and admit this was a mistake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It does take courage, I think. Yeah. Kim has also talked about their marriage and... I'm not going to read any essay from her, but it was yeah. what she has said was basically she turned 30 mm -hmm. and she started to freak out because she was getting older. Her friends were all getting married. They were all having babies and she was behind. 
Mm-hmm. And she didn't say this, but I'm I imagine so much of of her fame is related to looks, mm-hmm. and so there might be this fear of like, oh my gosh. I need to lock something down. Well, yeah. I mean, there's an expiration date on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends on what kind of surgery well, you get. <laughs> she basically wanted to get married and jumped in to the wrong thing. Yeah. But let's end on a high note. Let's. Two months later, Kim gave birth to her daughter, North. And in October of that year, Kanye West proposed to Kim Kardashian on her 33rd birthday. They got married in the spring of 2014 in Italy, and their wedding was not broadcast on the E! Network. Yeah. And that's the story of Kim Kardashian's two divorces. Wow. Very good. That was fun. I've got a, that was fun. I've got a fun little nugget. Oh, what you got? Uh, in, I think this was 2012, Kanye released an album called Good Music. Mm-hmm. Cruel, good Music Presents Cruel Summer or uh-huh. something. It was like a compilation of bunch of artists that Kanye works with and he has a line in one of his songs oh you love that line he says uh, I'll admit I fell in love with Kim around the same time she fell in love with him well that's cool baby girl do your thing lucky I ain't have Jay drop him from the team Oh, Jay-Z was part owner of the Brooklyn Nets who Chris Humphreys played for Oh, Ooh, that is a good nugget. Nice little nugget for you. That is a nice I little I thought you were going to tell another Kanye lyric. What's that? What's that? I, it's something about, it's about Kim got famous from her home movies. Oh. What is that line? What is that? Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Oh. My girl, a superstar, all from all from her home movie. <laughs> okay, I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's from the song. Uh, it's from that same album. Oh yeah, click. All right, my girl, a superstar. But you're not a fan of the Kanye Kim marriage. You think that's yeah? Mm. Uh oh. Yeah, I don't like that he treats her like a doll. Kanye has slowly become pretty unstable mm-hmm. well yeah yeah he's always yeah. kind of had an ego well, but kind of. he's like just a smidge he's had a huge he's, ego i tell you what he is he's still like one of my favorite lyricists uh-huh. in hip-hop he just does such clever yeah he's good in his, he's in good his at stuff. what he does but uh man he says some crazy stuff yeah he does um you guys ready for questions yeah yeah bring them on got some good ones this week norman where are you getting these questions from uh this is from the lgtc discord which you can join by signing up for the patreon at the seven dollar tier and the five dollar tier yeah oh that's right five dollar or seven dollar tier yeah we prefer the seven dollar yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay this is from lily What's the most exotic meal you've ever had? This is a good one. Oh, I can say mine. Really? Ostrich. I've had shark. Okay. When I was a kid. What'd you think of it? I think it tastes like fish. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I remember, so I was in South Africa. I actually liked it Mm -hmm. until the person next to me was talking about how, Mm -hmm. how popular it is to eat ostrich there. Yeah. And he was talking about how it's a very lean meat. And then he compared it to the leanness of, like, eating a human. Ah! 
And I was already kind of like, I'm eating ostrich. This is different. And once he said that, I was like, and mm-hmm. we're done. Yeah. Man, you throw some hot sauce on that. Mm-hmm. I bet that ostrich is good. <laughs> yeah. I think shark, if I remember right, has more of like a steaky texture, but yeah. tastes like fish. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. Very similar to whale, which was my most mm. exotic meal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Norway. In Norway, I ate whale. It looks like steak. Lily's from Norway. Lily, oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, looks like steak. Texture of steak. Yeah. Tastes like steak. Yeah. Smells like fish. Smells like fish. It's a very strange experience. Yeah. But let's see. Marisak wants to know, do you ever get paranoia from reading about all of these scary crime cases? Yeah, I love Let's Go to Court, but it's been causing me to have trouble sleeping (laughs) at night. Oh, no. 100% all the time. I'm constantly sure. I actually have a crazy story about this exact thing. Okay. Okay. So, this has been a few weeks ago. Um, My, I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And when I came out of the bathroom, just kind of instinctually, I looked over at my security system panel by my front door and saw that my alarm panel was disarmed. It was not set. And I very clearly had remembered setting it before I went to bed. And so I went and I got back in bed and I pulled my phone up because I have like a an app on my phone for my security system where I can see like all of the activity on it. Yeah. And sure enough, it had been disarmed like 30 minutes before I got up to go to the bathroom. Holy shit. And so I was like, holy fucking shit, there's somebody in my house. And so I'm like panicking. I get up, I turn every light on in my house, I go through the whole house, there's nobody there. And so I'm like, I don't I, I don't know what this is. Like, And my app showed that it had been disarmed at the panel using the master code, which is my code. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I don't, uh, this is so weird. Was David with you? Yeah, David was there. And so... Like, and he hadn't, uh-huh. he hadn't turned it off or anything. I'm like, okay, I don't know. This must be a glitch in the system or something. And so I like calm myself down. I checked the whole house. I checked like behind the shower curtains and every closet. There's nobody in my house. And so I go back to bed and I'm laying there. And all of a sudden, I think of this weird thing that happened right before I had gone to bed. I again, was in the bathroom. I swear I don't go to the bathroom near as much as Kristen does. <laughs> I was in the bathroom and the doorbell rang. It was like 10 o'clock at night. The doorbell rang and then immediately following the doorbell, there were two knocks at the door, what? which in my experience means that a police officer is at the door. Like that's like a standard, right. I swear, police officer knock. Uh-huh. And so I was like, oh my gosh, the police are at my door. And so like I have a security doorbell. I have like the doorbell camera. I didn't even check it. I just opened the door because I was like, there's a police officer at my door. Uh And sure enough, there was a police officer at my door. And so it's a female officer. And she's like, hey, do you have dogs? And I said, yeah, I have two dogs. And she said, "Um, are your dogs home? Are they inside? And I was like, yeah, they're in their kennels. Like, I'm getting ready to go to bed. And she's like, okay. And she's like, well, um, I, we found two dogs at the park. There's a park near my house. And she's like, we found two dogs at the park. And I'm just trying to figure out, you know, where they live. And I was like, okay. And she's like, well, what kind of dogs do you have? And I told her what kind of dogs I have. And she's like, oh, well, these are two pit bulls. Do you know any, any 
any neighbors that have pit bulls. And I was like, well, there's one neighbor like kind of down at the end of the street and then catty corner that I believe has a pit bull. I don't know that they have more than one pit bull. And so she was like, okay, which house? And so I walked to the end of my driveway with this police officer and uh-huh. pointed the house out to her. Yeah. Didn't think anything of it. She thanked me. I went back in. So now, fast forward, it's three o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. My alarm has been disabled. I'm now laying in bed and I'm thinking about that. And I'm like, I didn't ask her to show me anything to show that she was actually a police officer. I just assumed that she was a police officer because she had like a vest on. Right. And I'm like, did I even see her police cruiser? I can't even remember. Uh Uh-huh. And I walked out of my house with her to the end of my driveway. So her partner could go go into the house. He's already in the house. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't happen. And there was nobody in my house. I'm sure she was an actual police officer. But these are the things that, like, my mind thought at 3 o'clock in the morning. And David was there, right? Yes. What do you mean, like, hey, what's this guy doing in our house? (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, but I'm like... These are the things that I had three o'clock in the morning and thinking, and I can only assume that I'm thinking these things because we research these terrible cases all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so to answer your question. Yeah, the answer yes. is yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm bad about uh, watching like unsolved mysteries. Oh, my God. Before yeah. Bed. I love Unsolved So do I. But man, my anxiety like oh. flares when I watch that yeah. show. Some of the stuff yeah. on there. We watched some last night, actually. I tried to stop him. <laughs> uh, Kay Burns, if you had a time machine, would you mm. rather have one that only goes backwards or mm. only goes forwards? Mm. I'd probably do backwards. I'd do backwards, too. I think yeah, the, future, backwards. the future freaks me yeah, out. Same. Yeah, I'd go backwards. Yeah, because what if like the planet's shot and then you like shoot yourself into the future and then you burn into a crisp? I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> like you enter a trap door in a video game into a lava pit. Yes! Uh, okay. No. <laughs> like it's climate change is real. Yeah. You fast forward to this. Climate change is real. All those scientists were right. Greta warned us. Greta Thunberg warned us. I get all my science lessons from the GOP, so that would be very surprising. Uh, Jen Bet wants to know, what is your go-to movie that you can watch over and over? Mm. Okay, I have one that I'll watch anytime it's on, and it's on TV pretty frequently. Okay. Fifth Element. I will watch it every single time it's that on. Is such a good movie. Oh, I love The Fifth Element. Kristen, seen Fifth Element? Is that the one with the red hair? Yes. Yeah, I saw it once. <laughs> It's Kristen, really orange Kristen, hair, but okay. Kristen does not like Jesus, sci-fi movies. No. I hate sci-fi. <laughs> that opera opera scene. Oh. Oh. So good. <sighs> and Chris Tucker in that movie. I know. You know what I do all the time because of that movie? I bzzz my dogs. <laughs> my dogs are my face. I go bzzz. <laughs> come in. Come in. Come in. <laughs> Bet your dogs hate that movie, too. <laughs> they love it, actually. <laughs> Multipass. Kristen, I do have a couple. go-to movie. Um, may I name a couple? Yeah, sure. I guess. Steel Magnolias. Oh, I love Steel Magnolias. That's a, good one. a League of Their Own. Ugh. Love League of Their just, Own. Yeah, it's like looking at yourself in the mirror. That's right. Gina <laughs> Davis. I look so much like Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you guys, Kristen looks so much like Gina Davis in that movie. <laughs> Kristen and I bonded over a League of Their Own. How? Well, I was, I was like stalking First her on Facebook. First time you banged, it was on in the background. Ew. <laughs> You got it. No, I was uh, I was stalking her on Facebook, and I noticed in her 
like about section yeah. favorite movie yeah. League of Their Own and I so I messaged her and I was like Oh my god you love a League of Their Own I think I like you now That's exactly what you said I was I was waiting I was like is he going to remember exactly yeah. what he said Oh my god Oh That's a uh, that's top 5 movie for me I love I League do of too It's an excellent movie mm-hmm. Thank you yep. No I remember when I starred in it <laughs> What was it like <laughs> Really had to carry that film. <laughs> Tom Hanks was great in that movie. He was great in that movie. Gina Davis, Bill Pullman, Ugh. Tank Girl, Rosie O'Donnell, Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna, Madonna. yeah, freaking uh, John. Oh Lovitz. yeah, Lovitz. I love this. Give the wife the pickle tickle. <laughs> How about Marla? Oh, poor, what poor a hitter! <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Oh, question for all three of you. Ooh, Ooh. I'm getting involved. Now. What is the worst job you've ever worked? Oh God. Hmm. 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 Kristen? I don't oh, let me think. I haven't worked that many jobs, so Which one was the worst? I would say my like the the pizza place that I worked at just because of yeah. how it ended. Like the it guy was terrible. The guy you? yelled yeah. at me in front of all the customers. <laughs> That's right. And I quit. <laughs> Do you dad, want to tell that story? And your dad called. And my dad called and yelled at that manager. Yeah, it was it was the stupidest thing. Like this manager was like on a power trip. I was 15 years old. Worked at this pizza place. I was like the counter girl uh-huh. and. This couple had placed a to-go order, and then when they got to the restaurant to pick it up, they decided they wanted to eat there. And so, like, the waitress went over, took their drink orders, and then was like, hey, they had a, they called in an order. They want to um, have it to go. Well, it had already been boxed. And so I got the box down because it was my job to pull to-go orders. Yeah. I got the box down. I'm getting ready to put it on a tray for them. And the manager comes over and he's like, what are you doing? That's in a box. And I was like, yeah, but the people just got here and they want to eat it here. And he's like, no, it's a to-go order. And, and I was like, like, yeah, dumb dumb. Yeah. And so I'm like trying to explain to him. He's like, once an order goes into a box, it doesn't come out of a box. And he's like yelling at me. And I'm like, no, they're here. And like the waitress comes over to explain to him. And I'm like, yeah, they're they they're here. They came up and said that they were going to eat. And he's like, oh, I've had enough of you. And he like sh- told me to shut up. And then he went and talked to the like and then the their waitress was standing there and she's like, I, I just told her to take this out of the box. I was so upset because he yelled at me like right at the very front by the counter where people were, all of like the, my coworkers were. Yeah. I like almost cried. I didn't. I made it through the yeah. rest of my shift. But the second I got in my car that night to drive home, like 15 year old me, I just start crying and I get home and I'm so mad that he yelled at me and embarrassed me when like I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. I get home and my dad's like, what's wrong? And I tell him everything. He called that manager and he cussed that manager out and told him never to talk to his daughter like that again and then I never worked there again (laughs) and my dad boycotted that place for years because of it shout out Brandy's shout out to my dad seriously and what exactly did he think you were doing right I have no idea what he thought I was doing you think I was trying to steal that pizza (laughs) (laughs) um Huh. Kristen, worst job you've ever had. I'm debating what to say right now because I think honestly, the worst job I've ever had was the one I had most recently. Oh. Which I'm I'm not gonna should I say this? Don't. 
Go ahead, whatever. Well, yeah. It was not, I mean, it was a prestigious job. And yeah. the pay was great and everything. But it was just, like, not my style yeah. at all. Yeah. Like, I had a cubicle nowhere near a window. Right. And just the, the environment was very, like, at the end of each day, we had to, to send out an email to our team. Ugh, explaining <laughs> Explaining everything we'd accomplished that oh, day. A no. list. And then, I mean, there's just... Then we had to... Do the same thing at the end of the week for the week, what we'd gotten done. There were just a lot of different systems you had to to submit to to prove that you had worked. And I just felt like, my God, if I didn't have to do all this other stuff, I could get, get some work done. Work done. Yeah. Yes. It was also, and this is not the job's fault, it was also a nine to five cubicle job, yeah. which I should have never signed up for in my life. Yeah. That is just not me. Torture. It would be yes. torture. Yeah. Complete torture. Same. Yeah. yeah. I'm also kind of an ass. And I, I think that I think I don't do well having a boss. Yeah. So I can work for certain kind of bosses like. I would say my least favorite like period at a job was when I left like right before I left my corporate job because yeah. I worked for a manager who believed every I worked for a regional manager who believed that every district manager should manage their people exactly the same. Well, people are different. You can't manage yeah, every person absolutely. exactly the same. And so I had had a lot of success with my management style and he wouldn't let me manage the way that I managed and he micromanaged me and it was terrible i fucking hated my life during that time like yeah. it was the worst period and i love i had loved my job prior to that and yes. so i was like fuck this and also at the same time like i have that was when i first was diagnosed with graves disease and i was super super sick and like he was not understanding of that at all and so i ended up i was just i left the job yeah yeah and so yeah which was really a shame because i had loved that company so much and i had loved that job and you'd done really well yeah in that i job. had been super successful yeah yeah, it's so funny that you and I have kind of the same triggers for a bad work environment. Yeah. Um, yeah, being micromanaged, I, I can tolerate so much. Oh, so can I. But, but being treated as if I'm not going to come and do the work yes. is so insulting to me. Yes. And I remember thinking, okay, okay, they're going to figure out that I'm here to do the work, that I meet my deadlines, that right. I'm, I'm not trying to pull anything over. Yeah. And I really thought, after a few months, things are going to change. Uh, no, they did not. But I'm very grateful to that job because that job allowed, like, I was making enough money at that point that then you could quit your job mm. and pursue Gaming Historian full time. Yep. And then, you know, I could eventually quit yep. and join you. So it was a really important job, but yeah, not my style. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, not my style. <laughs> what was this, your worst? You know, it's, it's a tough choice. My last job, uh, where I quit to work on Game and Historian. Mm -hmm. it, I I was overworked. Yeah. I was on call on yeah. the weekends. Oh. Yeah. Um <gasps> it but I will say like the job was kind of fulfilling cuz you were helping people and Yeah, it was I, an important job. It was job. an important job and I met a lot of good friends there and yeah. it had I had great benefits, so I can't complain too much. So I think the worst job I ever had was GameStop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, which is crazy because you'd think I would love working at a video no, game store. No, I think store. that would be terrible. Yeah. That company is just awful. Yeah. It is an awful company. Yeah. I what did you wish just in? The gaming historian hates <laughs> GameStop. And you're... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
Yeah, it's just a terrible company to work for. <laughs> well, tell us about it. What's... And now they're like going oh, out of they're, business. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like boom. barely afloat right now. Yeah. Because normally. I think it's because normally. <laughs> okay. They pissed the gaming hysteria off. The pay, the pay was. Atrocious. Atrocious. Yeah. I was a key holder, by the yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And I was barely over minimum wage. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, no health benefits mm-hmm. whatsoever. You had to push magazine subscriptions on customers, which is yeah, not my thing. You have to push pre-orders uh-huh. on customers, and you're judged on those numbers. Oh, if you yeah. don't get them, then yeah. you're going to lose hours. Yep. Which, by the way, I one of my friends got a job there same time I did. We started together. I was getting the numbers mm-hmm. on pre-orders and magazine subscriptions. He wasn't. They didn't fire him. They just didn't give him hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They forced him to quit. To quit, yeah. yeah. Super That's shady. That's a super shady corporate strategy. Yeah. 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 Um, I got in trouble one time for eating a yogurt <laughs> in front of a customer. <laughs> I took a bite of yogurt. No! And some customer I mean, was very gross. offended. <laughs> was so offended. He, I'm, why are you eating? Were you at the register eating yogurt? Yes. No! <laughs> There was no one at the register. I was hungry. I stopped and took a bite of yogurt. What's the problem? I mean, that is, I guess it's not great. It's not great. For, for someone to call the okay, regional I mean, it's manager. It's weird that the person called to yeah, complain. That's yes. insane. But yeah, I have, I have been in situations, like one time I was at the grocery store and the lady ringing, my, ringing me up was eating a candy bar as she rang yeah, me up. Yeah, that's weird. And I thought it was weird, but I would never No, call. exactly. I was at GameStop and the, the dork behind the counter who was <laughs> eating a yogurt, I'd be like, well, that's fucking weird, but I'd never call corporate and complain hey, about it. Y- do you mean hottie behind I'm the sorry, counter? Have you seen this, man? Yeah, fix that in post. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm just saying that you looked like a 12-year-old boy then, so. Yeah, we're like, how is this kid even like, working why is, How is this 12-year-old this is child working? Labor. I think that they were probably calling over child labor concern and got turned into a complaint about yogurt. Yeah, this growing boy was just trying to eat his yogurt. <laughs> child labor. Um, gosh, there's like, there was one time, there was like a tropical storm. Mm-hmm. Because this was Eastern North Carolina. Yeah. And so our store was like flooding. And so we called corporate and we're like, our store is flooding. Uh, should we open? And they're like, yes, you are to open. Wow. And we're like, what do we do? There's like water pouring in the store. And they said, go to Lowe's and buy sandbags. That's insane. So one of us had to go buy sandbags. That's insane. And pile them in the front of the store. Oh my gosh. They also did shady stuff. Like as an employee, I could check out video games, like Mm -hmm. rent them. And you could rent brand new games. So I could bring a brand new game home, play it, bring it back to GameStop, and they would still sell it as a new game. (gasps) Shady, shady Scandal. business practices. Yeah, they would sell new. Would games. they re-shrink wrap it? No. Oh, they would take they would take brand new games, rip off the shrink wrap, and put the case on the shelf. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. sell it as new. And it's like once the yeah. shrink wrap's gone, it's, it's not, not new, new anymore. anymore. Yeah. Stuff like that. They yeah. they didn't give you anything for trade ins. They, they, they charged they a ton for used games. Prevention. Mm-hmm. That's how they get away with that. Okay. Prevent theft. They shot themselves in the foot. Like. All that crap. People complained for years about all this crap GameStop was doing. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, we don't care. And now the video game industry is moving away from physical media. Yeah. yeah. People are really into retro games now. Mm-hmm. GameStop got rid of all their retro stock. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're, wow. they're trying to bring it back, but it's not, I don't think yeah. it's working out too well. So now they're trying to get into like iPhones and like oh, nerd gear, like beanies and plushies. And mm. it's like they barely have games anymore. Yeah. We're, so we're 
where's your go-to spot for retro games? For retro games? Yeah. Honestly, uh, video game conventions that I go to, I mean, you can buy Uh anything. There's vendors. Yeah. A lot of times it's like collectors, Uh and they're just trying to unload their Mm -hmm. stuff. But honestly, eBay... I mean, you're paying you're paying full price for it, but you yeah. can find any retro game you want on eBay. But the good thing about a convention is Norman can just walk up to somebody and be like, "Do you know who I do am? Do you know who I am? <laughs> oh yeah, I do that. <laughs> Give power me that move. game. You guys know me. I do that power he's move. The, all yeah, the time. he's the bully of the. <laughs> I love talking about the gaming about, convention circuit. <laughs> I love telling people that I'm the gaming historian. You know me. <laughs> so you, Norm. <laughs> what would what would we have to pay you for one entire convention? Say a three day convention. For you to be like, go up to people like, as you probably know, I'm the gaming historian. Like, that's how you have to introduce yourself. Yeah, and like, you have to have that I'm sure you already know I'm the gaming historian. Um, can I get some water over here? I'm I am the, the gaming, gaming historian. historian. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting nervous just thinking about <laughs> I know, it. I know, that money, concept. that would be. <laughs> Yeah, you're so uncomfortable. Norman, you don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I will never do that. I promise you. Hey, do you want to deliver our listener homework? Okay, listener yeah. homework. Uh, get on Patreon and vote on the next topic. That's right. You are voting between old-timey cases or ongoing cases. I like that topic. I think that's going to be good. See, I had some other ideas, but you shot them down. Mm. The first one I fell asleep in the middle of, Kristen. What was the first I one? I can't even remember. I was on. so bored by Hold it. Hold on. Let me, YouTubers let me versus <laughs> reality yeah. stars. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, you guys. YouTube lawsuits versus reality TV lawsuits? Oh, my God. <laughs> so good. Okay, don't get your mucus off. <laughs> All right, you ready? Uh, ready for what? Supreme Court oh. induction. <laughs> yeah. How do you get inducted into the Supreme Court? Well, I don't have my my thing up. Oh, at are all. you trying to get me to stall? I am. <laughs> I gotta get to my well, Google Drive. You see, good people, it's just seven dollars a month <laughs> to sign up. How long do I have to milk this? I'm uh, still not there. For this week, we are uh, reading your name and your least favorite word. Um, we'd love to have you at the Supreme Court. Why are you talking like that? Because I'm stretching out my words. I, I am I am amazed at how long it takes this woman to pull up her Google Drive. I oh, wow. <laughs> this week, uh, what I would like everybody to do to prepare for the Supreme Court inductions is to stand and then immediately sit back down. <laughs> Allie Yackel. Moist. Angela Flammer. Cock. Oh my. <laughs> Whoa. Woo! Joey Henry. Groy. Hey. I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> Colin. Fandom. Alyssa Kaufman. Panties. Oh, I should have moved those around so they were all together. Yes. Ainsley Fidun. Chunky. <laughs> I like chunky, dude. Chunky? Chunky. Yeah. Amy Whaley. Like. Chrissy Harris. Mucus. Thank you, Chrissy. I stand in solidarity with you. Welcome to the Supreme Court. Oh, my gosh, guys. Thank you so much for all of your support. If you're looking for other ways to support us, please subscribe to the podcast. Find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, 
Patreon, all of those places. Um, head on over to our Patreon if you've not already uh, signed up. Get on there, sign up, and vote on a future episode topic. It's homework. You have to that's, do it. That's the listener homework. Norm assigned it. It's not, it's not optional. It's it mandatory. <laughs> Once you've done all of that, please subscribe. head on over to... I, I already said subscribe, Kristen. Oh, sorry. I head on over out. to iTunes. <laughs> Leave <laughs> us a rating. Leave us a review. And then be sure to... Jo- oh, be, sure. <laughs> be sure to subscribe. <laughs> be sure to subscribe. to join us next week. When we'll be escorts <laughs> on two whole new topics. <laughs> topics. Podcast adjoined. Adjoined. Podcast adjoined. And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web, and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. For this episode, I got my info from Us Weekly, Life and Style Magazine, People Magazine, TMZ, The Daily Mail, and BuzzFeed. And I got my info... <laughs> no... <laughs> And I got my info from an excellent article for the William. No, no. And I got my info for an. Like <laughs> beans. I'm leaving all. No, done. And I got my info from an excellent article for the Willamette Week by Beth Slavic. Several articles for the Oregonian, as well as an episode of I Survived and an episode of Who the Bleep Did I Marry? Well said. For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are, of course, ours. (laughs) I don't know how you could find errors in this thing, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff.